Voice of Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. You know the saying that uh, good things and big things come in small packages? Well, with us, Debbie Derryberry. Remember that name, the voice of Jimmy Neutron. She has a book, Voice Over 101, How to Succeed as a Voice Actor, and she's one of the best in the business. Get to know her name. Debbie Derryberry joins us. Hi there! Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom. And we're for creators. You're a special lady. I, I should say that, you know, we could have called you Dr. Terry uh, Berry because you were going to be a doctor at, be, before you made it big time in, in the voiceover field. I was. I was a pre-med at UCLA, and I... Uh, in all my spare time, I would always sing and play guitar and write songs and um, play on the streets of Westwood and just love to sing. But I was very diligent and I uh, finished my undergrad and I decided I don't want to go to med school. I want to move to Nashville and be a country singer. Cool. <laughs> so to my dad and mom's chagrin, I uh, moved to Nashville and uh, started getting jobs singing, but I never got paid to sing like a grown-up. They would always call me in to sing like a kid for the um, kids singing in radio commercials or, um, I don't know, this toy or a commercial. Mm -hmm. I had a nice little demo going, and then someone put me in a, a stage show of To Kill a Mockingbird, which I had done in high school, and, you know, playing a 12-year-old at 27, and then I got in the Screen Actors Guild because someone else saw me in that and put me as the boy clown for Hey Vernon's Ernest on a TV show. So Debbie, you know uh, this—you've uh, been in so many movies actually, and uh, and television shows, commercials. Uh, as far as like you said, the voice of you know, animation, and you're so well known in the business. So it, it looks really easy to a lot of people, I'm sure, but it's not, is it? 
It's not. Well, it's easy for me now, but um, <laughs> as I as I teach people how to do it, I don't know how I got started coaching people, but people want to know how to do it and because they have a funny voice or because their kid liked to hear them read books in different voices. But it's an acting job and the microphone knows if you're just, I don't know, reading it as opposed to what I call getting it off the page and making it really sound like it's happening as opposed to just reading it. And the, I guess the fact that not a lot of people can do it and a lot of people have to study it, it's, it's not as easy as it looks, like on camera. You know, you see these sitcoms and the actors make it look, the on-camera actors make it look so seamless, so simple. Oh, yeah, I think I'll go to L.A. and try auditioning and do a sitcom. <laughs> it's not that easy. It might have a dire consequence, you know, and how long are you going to be there for? But, you know, you're actually one of the most, um, I, I think you have some of the most endurance is, is what I've read as far as like just the, the kind of person that you are, uh, you know, uh, incredible work ethic and, uh, and very well known. Your reputation, you know, precedes itself. So um, you have to be a plugger, I'm sure, and you teach that I know it was in 2014 you got some award for one of the best coaches in uh, in LA uh, yeah backstage west gave me the uh, best uh, voiceover coach in in Los Angeles that year which was very flattering because mm -hmm. and I didn't really plan on coaching but something about I, I kind of had this I don't know maybe no nonsense approach yeah. I, I don't think I'm very nice really <laughs> <laughs> don't let the voice fool you yeah your voice always sounds nice and happy i'm sure people ask you if you ever have a bad day because you always sound so nice um i don't know i guess i don't really have bad days like right now i was in austin texas teaching voiceover all weekend and i think i got four gigantic spider bites and about Ooh. 17 mosquito bites my goodness and it's a little, you know, that itchy, miserable feeling, yeah. but it makes me, makes me laugh at the same time, thinking how yummy I probably tasted or something, because they wouldn't stop. <laughs> yummy, yummy. And, and it's, you know, and your name sounds yummy, Der uh, Debbie Dairyberry. Right? It should oh. be like a yogurt flavor, I think, or like a, a Ben and Jerry's ice cream yes. flavor. That's what I was, that was immediately what I was thinking. Uh, you do that, and, and you make it easy in your book. Uh, once again, uh, VoiceOver 101, how to succeed as a voice actor, uh, Debbie uh, Derry Berry, who's the voice of uh, Jimmy Neutron. So you have these QR codes in the book, which is really neat because they take you to uh, the Vimeo um, videos where you can actually watch what you're doing, which I, which I really like. That's different. Yeah, it's kind of hard to verbally describe how to bark like a dog. <laughs> but if you can kind of watch somebody do it, then for visual learners, it's a lot more helpful. And I don't know, there's just a lot of things in um, making the voice. where If you can see somebody else do it, or um, I don't know, for me anyway, I always did better in lectures than I did with just reading the book. Debbie, you have to, I'm laughing because I, I saw a, um, an interview of you and you were trying to explain what it would be like without actually having a video. You say, well, you put your finger in your mouth and you try to like pretend like you're farting and you, you know, and, it just, <laughs> and I just, I was laughing so hard when you said that you're trying to, you know, so. Um, oh, the QR codes really help a lot. Yes, they do. They really do. So take us through, okay, if we were Jimmy Neutron. 
but take us through just kind of like a little spaceship type of, uh, of, of, of your career. If you could just kind of take us through like a, a tour guide um, of where you've been. You've been so many places. You were uh, on the website with Angelina Jolie uh, as well. And um, everyone knows you in the business. But what's, what's it like for you? What's a, what's, a, what's a day in the life for Debbie? Wow, you know, it's probably going to be a lot more boring than you want to hear. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> we record at home. So, all right, typical day. I get up at 5.30, I get in the pool, I swim, I get out, I make breakfast for my kid, and I get the dogs fed, and I get everybody out the door, I get to my computer, I see what auditions I have, I start recording my auditions in my booth, and I sca- every day is different because uh, people call me and, you know, they're in a frantic, they uh, need to get their coaching in because they need to get it recorded to submit their auditions. So I schedule those around my own auditions and I try to get everything done before two 30 because then I have to go get my kid. Uh, and if I can't get him like today, I have to go, um, doing a, a guild wars. I do this voice timing on guild wars too. So I'll have to Uber him home. And when I finish guild wars, I'll come home and make dinner and then be mom for a while. And then I'll look at my auditions and get ready for the next day. Cool. I like the way you explain that. I mean, but it's interesting. People don't always know. And, um, but there's a demand though, of course, being in Hollywood and, uh, and, you know, Los Angeles, I should say in that area, um, there's a certain level of expectation. I'm sure many people have voices. Many people can make weird voices and you know, I'm sure they come up to you and say, Hey, I could do this voice. What do you think? But there's a certain expectation, a standard that is a gold star uh, for Hollywood, which you, you know, fill the bill. And what is that standard? Well, it's acting and being able to continue to work the business because it's a grind. It's every single day mm. and it's meeting people. And it's, it's not necessarily about if you have a funny voice, it's if you're able to work the business and <clears throat> keep at it because there's so many people in voiceover or in acting and it's not like the best of the best is going to rise to the top. I think the people who stick at it are going to be able to make a living at it. I, if, if people's goal is to make it to the top, I'd say get out now Mm. because what is the top for me? I'm doing what I love to do every day. And, you know, luckily people, uh, are able to benefit from my teaching as well as me being able to be on some popular shows. But it's really your your stick to itiveness, I think. Um, are you always learning and growing? I mean, the veteran that you are, though. But do you read? Are you constantly reading and growing, or how do you how do you try to get even better? Um, well, I um, as I coach other people. I learn from them and I listen to myself and I go, am I doing that? Um, It's kind of hard for me to take uh, a lot of classes because I'm busy, but also sometimes people don't look at me as like just a normal actor student. They're like, Oh, it's Debbie Derryberry. But I'm just, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just a normal actor who likes to do what I do. And I think reading helps a lot. I have my Kindle and I just finished, I had read The Hobbit back when I was in high school, but I just reread it and 
it was like a, a whole new world for me. And and uh, let me think, how does that uh, creature sound? What's the difference between an elf and a dwarf and a hobbit? And right. that was for me. So I that's a way of learning for me. Um, Does that feel like sometimes the real world to you? I know that you're with incredibly talented people doing uh, cartoons or doing uh, animation, I should say, and commercials. But sometimes would you rather live in that world? Does it seem like a natural world for you where all of a sudden, you know, funny lines, reading, uh, you know, the energy that you have to bring. Does, is it work to you or is it like a little place that you go to and it's sometimes more real than real life? Do you mean the actual cartoon? Or yeah, when you do the uh, the animation of the voice uh, for different things that you're doing, uh, that have like for example, you know Jimmy Neutron, uh, and you have script in hand and the other actors. Does that does that feel like a real world to you? I mean, you know, we see it of course with animation on the screen, but um, does that seem more natural to you? Like sometimes people would rather be, you know, let's just say an actress on stage, and that feels more like the real world to them. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It is work, and I, I, I know that this is somebody's vision, and my goal, I mean, my, my job as an actor is to help them bring that vision alive by committing completely and totally to that character. That's the job of the actor, to be able to climb right inside that character and make it come alive. So that doesn't mean that I ever think that it's anything more than somebody's creation. Mm. Uh, you know, not to rain on anyone's parade, but for me, Star Wars, the um, Lord of the Rings, um, any of these uh, projects that have loads and loads of fans, I think it's a really fun, wonderful thing that people do when they um, study it and they can be a great fan. For me, it's not about that at all. My world is always centered around my home, my dogs, my family, my kids, um, and going to work. My job is to dive in and give it all I can give while I'm doing it. Okay, so you're saying that as a veteran and expert, and uh, people I think may have the wrong idea of really what. Yeah, <laughs> I think sometimes they they don't realize that there's tons of work, and as you're saying, stick to itiveness, and uh, you know, don't let your head get so uh, far away. Just stick with the grind. You're saying, you know, go get with coaches like yourself, uh, read, uh, and so yeah, I, I'm feeling that people get disillusioned after if they're not keeping focused, as you're saying, and even have a healthy family life. You know, you could say, "Honey, you're going to come out of the booth." You know, someone I'm trying to make it voiceovers, and it's. Uh, uh, <laughs> 50 yeah, well, there are priorities, you know, like if it's if it's time for me to prepare dinner, I need to stop what I'm doing or I need to schedule my students and my sessions around my life if I can. And um, you had used the word grind. Um, and I think some people don't love their job and maybe it is a grind, but I like it. Yeah, I like yeah. auditioning. Mm -hmm. I like going to work. I like coaching people. I love what I do. It always feels like fun to me, and I, I look forward to it. And most of my work, I'd say 90% of it is unpaid. The 10% that is paid is when I actually record a voice or coach somebody. Mm -hmm. But that's far and few with actors because your job is to network and to study and to audition. 
So you better like it, right? You better like it. And uh, so just the table of contents so people know about your book, once again, VoiceOver 101, How to Succeed as a Voice Actor, and our guest, Debbie Derryberry, things like uh, your voice, VoiceOver 101, vocal health, uh, commercial, promo, animation, anime, uh, video games, narration, uh, taking care of your voice, if it had mentioned on it already, and uh, the business part of it. So you don't leave anything out in your book. I mean, you take everyone through the voiceover tour of how to get there and, and how to get started. Um, what, are, what are some of the most rewarding comments you've got, not just about the book, but as a, as a voiceover coach? I think when people get the book and they, um, it, it gives them a, a much clearer picture on the job ahead of them, if you want to call it a job, because it's, it's fun. But I spent so many years figuring it out and learning it and making mistakes, if I can help somebody follow a, an, a path that doesn't have a lot of mistakes in it, a lot of missteps, and be more efficient, then I will have done my job. Because it, I mean, life is just a series of missteps or going through this door or that door. And if being a voice artist is your goal, I try to make it as simple as possible because people will take your money. There are so many teachers and, you know, coaches and classes mm-hmm. here at LA and so many conventions and, and the equipment is expensive. And I, I know money is hard to come by for everybody. People work hard and I want to make sure that their efforts are rewarded with what they want. So they can see progress, you know, I want people to be productive and efficient. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I can hear the passion, the, co- the coaching side of you and because the, the welfare, the well-being and uh, some people do not care about that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like you said, they'll take the money. And uh, is that your real name, Debbie Derryberry? Yes, it is. My maiden name was Greenberg, Debbie Greenberg. And then I married uh, Doug Derryberry in Nashville for like a year. But then when I was in Screen Actors Guild, I thought that's such a great name. I, I'm going to keep it. So <laughs> I, I married again after that and didn't take that name because once you're in the Screen Actors Guild after with a name, that's like... Uh, something you don't want to be changing like your cell phone number you know it's just a pain to change it so people already knew who i was and i thought it kind of sounded like a cartoon yeah really it puts a smile on your face you know when you when you hear that uh debbie Derryberry. i'm sure people stumble too when they try to say it sometimes because you look at the dairy and then the debbie but you know anyway but debbie they do (laughs) i had um i had a whole um you know i sing a lot but i i also did a lot of preschool music and I did seven years of like touring the U S doing all the Barnes and Nobles with my children's albums and my kids book, uh, baby wow. banana. And to hear the little kids try and say my name, it would be very, very, very mommy. I want to see very, 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 <laughs> you know, very, I wanted very, to ask you, <laughs> I want to ask you, I mean, when you see kids, okay, because I mean, do, I'm not going to say do they get weirded out. Okay. But they see a grown up, right? Like, you're one of us. It's it's almost like Peter Pan or something, you know, that you're, so do you, are you amazed that if you will, you know how they have what they call, you know, the horse whisperer, but I mean the child whisperer, you ever, you ever see these kids and, and are they always amazed that you're speaking their language? 
I think they are, but um, for me to be amazed by it is, um, it, it would be weird because it's always been that way. I can, I've, I can always relate to kids and I can always talk to them. And now, you know, when I look at in the mirror, I'm like, wow, I really don't look like a kid anymore at all. But when they just hear me, um, they really listen. And I feel like I'm like compadre with them. So uh, it, it's like when people ask me, uh, are you embarrassed to talk like a kid behind the microphone? Because I guess for most people, trying to perform talking like a baby would be something that might make them self-conscious. Mm, yes. But for me, that's, that's just what I do. So I can't say that I'm particularly amazed because I don't know any other way. Well, it's I'm awesome. sure that the, that makes sense, but I'm sure their eyes kind of pop out of their sockets when all of a sudden they're, they're looking at an adult. And you, you know what I mean? I mean, it's sometimes kids, they think that they're the only ones that speak a kid child ease, if you will. And yet you're doing it and really connecting with them, not only in your voice, but also in song and you're singing as well. So, you know, again, that's speaking their language to be able to put uh, children's music together and for ha have them respond to it is pretty yeah. rewarding. And, you know, kids don't lie. I mean, if, if you've ever tried to entertain a kid, if they're bored, you know, they just like, I'm out of here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they that's have fun. no filters. So, uh, you know, if you're succeeding or not. And I guess, you know, given that they tend to, I guess they like my voice because I, I'm in so many preschool shows over the years. And I think it's kind of a, a friendly, uh, happy, energetic, non-condescending voice. Mm -hmm. Yes, it sure is. And it's clear too, but, and it's fun. But I was going to say, uh, forgive me, you know, um, Sandy Duncan, you know, when I, when I heard you sing, I thought about Sandy Duncan. I said, I'm going to ask uh, Debbie if she ever, you know, tried out for Peter Pan or anything like that on Broadway or, or off-Broadway. I um I thought I should have been Peter Pan really and but I didn't I wasn't trained as a dancer I was a gymnast so I did audition for one of Kathy Rigby's shows and I I think they offered me an understudy or something but I didn't take it so I've never done it and of course now I'm you know past that time when I'd want to be doing Peter Pan but uh, that's the person so I, was it Sandy Duncan it was Kathy Rigby that's the person. Well, Sandy may have done it, but I know Kathy Rigby kind of is the one who has, you know, resurrected it again after Mary Martin was like the first one. But I did do Tinkerbell's first voice a long time ago. There was a show called Peter Pan and the Pirates with Tim Curry, and Tony Jay, and um, <coughs> Jason Marsden. And I did the voice of Tinkerbell, which I thought was pretty fun given that I wanted to beat Peter Pan and Tinkerbell always. Can I ask you something? And um, as far as like a show like the Simpsons or something like that, I mean, uh, would that be like ideal for you if you want it? Or do you like having, cause the work comes in fast and furious for you, you know, for movies and uh, television, regular commercials and just everything, uh, the gamut of voiceover. Would you prefer to have uh, you know, would, you aspire to get on a sitcom that way or, or what do well, you think? I, I love it all right now. I'm working on two really fun shows. I'm working on F is for family. Bill Burr has a, a Netflix show. Bill Burr's a, a stand-up comic and he's super popular has a great Monday podcast. <clears throat> and I play like seven characters on his show on Netflix. F is for family. 
and season three is coming out. So that's sort of my Simpsons. And then I have another show on Adult Swim that'll be coming out. Um, I'm not really allowed to say, but not too long from now. And that's called Tig Tone. And that'll be on Adult Swim. And then right now I'm working on, you know, Guild Wars and a lot of other things. And then there's always the fun films. Yeah. Um, so I do it all. But series are really fun, too. I'm on. Uh, do it all. That's for sure. Valentino. <laughs> Yeah. So I think F is for family is my Simpsons right now. And I'm working actually with one of the Simpsons animators on another show that I can't tell you about yet, but uh -huh. I've got my fingers in a lot of stuff. Debbie, are you able to turn this off sometimes? Was it hard at first? I mean, in relationships where, you know, you put yourself into the character of the voice and all of a sudden uh, you go home and, and you still kind of, does it take a while for it to wear off if you're in character? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think for some actors, they might, uh, that's one method where you climb into the character and you live there for a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, not in voiceover. And here's why. It's because um, <clears throat> the way the, the contract is written, they use you for maybe one voice, but the contract says they get you for two to three or more voices. So you have to be able to jump out of one character into another on the spot, like immediately. So for that reason, I, I don't really have a problem staying in a character. Now, if I'm working on an accent and trying to prepare an accent, like if I'm doing a, a particular British accent or um, Spanish or a Russian, I'll kind of lay in that accent for hours and do nothing but speak like that for a while. But that's more of a study rather than jumping in and out of characters. On mm -hmm. um, F is for Family, I play seven different characters. And I won't always yeah. jump from one to the next. I'll do one all the way through the script and then jump to another character. When you have a voice like yours and you could do these characters, different voices, is it easier to relate to people who also do that, like Nancy Cartwright or, you know, for The Simpsons, or is are these people that only themselves would understand someone like you and no one else? <laughs> well, they'd certainly understand, you know, the funny parts of, of the business. I know Nancy, Nancy and I did a workshop together last year. Uh, it was called How to Talk Like a Kid. So Nancy and I um, got a studio and we had about 15 really wonderful actors who came and learned our tricks, if you will. Um, but it is a, it's a very specific world. So yeah, um, my best friend, E.G. Daly and, you know, uh, Daniel Ross and a lot of voiceover people are in my little world just because they kind of get it yes. and I talk about everyday stuff with them. But I have another whole portion of my, um, friend circle that have nothing to do with voiceover. I don't think my siblings have ever watched one of my cartoons, really. Really? <laughs> and, no, I mean, it, it is a little private little, not private, but it's a separate little world. Unless you're in it, it's hard to understand it. It's such a cool thing that you do. I mean, because people just see this on uh, television or in film and, uh, and as you had mentioned in other interviews, you know, you never knew that there was someone other than uh, Fred Flintstone. There was a voice behind the actual cartoon character. And uh, right, so right. that's pretty, uh, pretty neat. When it comes to singing, which you're a singer, 
And, uh, you know, you say that, you know, people who have a, a singing talent or like to sing have a, an advantage over others when they do voiceover work. And uh, why is that? Well, I, I want to make sure I'm clear that just because you can't sing doesn't mean you're not going to be a successful voice actor. I know a lot of really great voice actors who can't sing. But as I'm teaching people and directing people, I find that singers uh, can hear the melody in the commercial read or the, the line um, quicker and in, in the way that I can teach it. They, they seem to be able to pick, on up, pick up on it easier. So I will direct non-singers to uh, skills called pitch matching where you can actually train your vocal cords to do what you want them to do, to respond a little better to length and pitch and tone and um, notes. Um, but singers don't need to be taught that. They've just got it. They can hear it. If I, if I want you to say, we can do everything together. Hmm. And then the person repeats after me, we can do everything together. Well, that's not what I said. No. I said, we can do everything together. Yes. It goes up on gather. And, and I'll have that person doing it, and they'll say, together. And mm. you hear the melodies different? hear the songs yeah. different? Mm -hmm. That's what I mean by that. That's just a very cut-and-dried, simplified version of how it's easier if you're a singer. Most, most people who try, I'm just saying, starting out, they probably sound like Charlie Brown, like, and the, and the melody is not there. The pitch isn't there. So you take people and like diamonds, right? And then you uh, work with them. And then it must be rewarding when uh, working with uh, Debbie Derryberry and then as a coach. And then they, they go off into the, you know, and have rewarding careers in the business. Yeah, well, I'm hoping that I can, you know, if I can offer something to someone to help them do what they want to do. I'm so happy to do it. And, you know, it's just what I love. So it's fun for me to share and I love to help. How can people reach you? And are you taking on new clients now? I do take on new people. Um, they can always uh, email me at info at com. They can go to my website, Debbie Derryberry, and uh, contact me through the uh, button there. They can um, follow me on Twitter at Debbie Derryberry. I'm going to spell it. D-E-B-I, just four letters, D-E-B-I-D-E-R-R-Y-B-E-R-R-Y. -E -E um, they can follow me on Instagram at the same handle. And yeah, it's easy to reach me. They can go on my Facebook, on my voiceover page. I have classes posted there. I have a Debbie Derryberry's World they can follow. So I'm pretty reachable. And I can take people from all over the world. I Skype, I Zoom, I... You know, I have a studio, and I just fit people in when I can. Take advantage, folks, of who we're talking to. We're talking one of the heavyweights in the business uh, for the voiceover business and acting, Debbie Derryberry, Hollywood's most active voiceover artist. She's worked in hundreds of cartoon characters, best known for voices of Jimmy Neutron on Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, Speedy, Alka-Seltzer, Candy, and Maya on Glitter Force. And the other F is for Family on Netflix, which is very popular. Dracula on Monster High. And uh, a ton of more Guild Wars 2. And the Adams Family, and the list goes on. So get in touch with the Getter book, VoiceOver 101, How to Succeed as a Voice Actor, Debbie Derryberry. And uh, Debbie, would you, would you sign off in a, well, you don't have to, in a cartoon voice if you want to. It, it, it's up to you. 
So thanks to everybody. Thank you for having me on the show. And as Jimmy Neutron would say, got a blast. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailor solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bairdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And by Hamilton Stands, founded in 1883 in Hamilton, Ohio, Hamilton Stands is the oldest music and instrument stand maker in the world. They offer a broad range of sheet music stands, band and orchestra instrument stands, and combo stands, including mic stands, guitar and keyboard stands, and accessories. In fact, the broadcast you're listening to is made using a Hamilton stage rocker mic stand. Visit HamiltonStands.com. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission. To make you sound your best, thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.